All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right-hand man, Lou. <laughs> always coming with something a little bit different for us, Lou. I appreciate you for it. It is that time of the year for us here at the WTF podcast, where we begin diving into the free agency portion of the offseason. Uh, free agency actually officially begins on, on March 15th when the league year resets. Over the next few episodes, we're going to be diving into what we think these teams should prioritize for the 2023 free agency, specifically, period, right? We, we will get into draft coverage. We will do all of that. We'll prioritize needs, um, identify some picks, but um, we're going to go through all eight conferences, each team, spend a few minutes, Lou, as you put it, acting as if we are the general managers and what we would do related to free agency and, that, and that's a couple of things, right? That could be players we're targeting, positions we're targeting, cap casualties, um, you know, who do we need to, to re-sign, um, that sort of stuff uh, is, is how we'll dive into it. Anything you want to you wanna add to that? As I started doing this and, like, making notes and stuff like that, I kind of think I like the offseason, you know, being that I follow, follow a uh, – a loser franchise. I think I like the off season better than the regular season because <laughs> it's like Christmas all over again. You never, you know, it's a fresh start rebirth and you never know what's going to happen. You know, you know, it, 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 I agree with you in some capacity, like it is from a content perspective, right? Like, Hey, I got 32 teams that I can look at versus just being caught in the social media hell. That is our individual worlds and, and teams that we root for. And, same storyline over and over and over again. And for you and I, it just gives us a, a chance to dabble, uh, you know, on some outcomes and priorities for teams that we don't normally spend a lot of time on. And we're going to treat them the same that we would treat our own teams, as we'll see when we get to the NFC and, and AFC West. So, Lou, first up, we mentioned NFC East. I'm going to give you the honors of whichever team in the East you want to start with. And we're going to be on the clock. So we're, uh, uh, you know, our, our staff continuously calls out. I feel like we have the the staff of a <laughs> restaurant service team here. So Lou and I are going to dabble with a little experiment and putting a five-minute clock on your screens to keep track of us with a little bit of surprise when that timer goes off. This is kind of like a PTI or like a round the horn thing, you know, yep. get your points in, you know, before the time, you know, before the time goes, uh, time goes off. I, I, I want to position a, a challenge to anybody who's listening to this. We're going to spend a few minutes talking about each team. Obviously there's going to be some high level 30,000 foot view type themes. If you listen to these shorter clips and you want more transparency on like, Lou, why would you prioritize that person over this person? Or why do you think that's a problem? Ask the question. Ask us on Twitter. Ask us on Instagram. Ask us on Facebook where we're Com posting Comment these. on the YouTube Comment page. on the YouTube video. And we will literally go out of our way. Like, if you want, we'll spend 10, 15 minutes elaborating on a single topic just to go ahead and, and post that content. Out. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a great point. Yesterday I had someone uh, text me uh, how Ass and I, my – my thoughts about Derek Carr is, and he's like he's easily a top ten quarterback. And for about you know twenty five minutes, I proved that individual why he was wrong. Nope. But that being said, yes, but hit us up. Let you know you know comment on Instagram, Twitter, you name it, man. Just hit us up, and we'll be more than happy to go into further detail. We're trying to make this a little shorter, you know, short and sweet, kind of like myself. 
but yeah, just definitely hit us up. I don't want to have these debates via text message or on the phone. I want to do them live on here, record, share, tear us apart in the comments when you disagree with our stance on something. Like all is on the table in the offseason. Everything is is fair game. And always keep in mind we're doing this from our perspective. And we see football different than a lot of people, right? We see football different from one another uh, on how we view and evaluate things. So uh, should make for interesting conversation. Lou, that being said, who you who you starting with? And I'm gonna and I'll pivot off of you. Let's stay local. Let's, let's stay in the lovely state of New Jersey, the Sunshine State. The, <laughs> the, I'm the, so with that me. <laughs> the live for your die hard state. <laughs> yeah. That being said, let's start with the New York Giants. All right, cool. Who reside? Who reside in New Jersey? Let me get to my notes here. Make sure I'm in the NFC. All right. All right, Lou. You are on. The clock, sir, your five minutes begins now. My God, so much more intimidating when it's like right in your face. Jesus. Uh, you're wa- you just wasted five seconds. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. All right. So, you know, I am the GM of the New York Giants, and I'm looking at my uh, team in the, from a caps, uh, cap standpoint. And I have $46 million in salary cap. Sounds all lovely. I'm, top of the tor- I'm towards the top of the league when it comes to salary cap. But – I got a couple of major stars I have to get under contract. News came out today um, that we uh, we signed Daniel Jones and we tagged Saquon Barkley. That was not of my doing, by the way. That was more of uh, the owner breathing down my neck and making sure we got Daniel Jones under contract for long term because he's a firm believer in him, is not ready to give up on him, and he also did not want to lose Saquon Barkley. While I'm all for keeping the band back together for continuity purposes, right? In my opinion, I think I needed to see another year of Daniel Jones. Uh, I would have tagged Daniel Jones at a lower number. I know you can't finagle the cap hit uh, as you can with a long-term contract extension, but I just need to see another year of Daniel Jones. But I wouldn't have let him walk in free agency because of where we draft this year. They're not going to be easily accessible to get one of the young quarterbacks in this year's draft. And I would have re-signed Saquon Barkley. But, yes, you have to keep – You have to. we need to add talent to this team. We're not in the business of losing talent. So, regardless, we got both under contract for this year, and I'm excited for that. Next is to get Daniel Jones some real talent uh, so you can – so we can actually accurately el- um, evaluate his play. I need to – I need to look into getting some true alpha playmakers – I'm talking about if I have to make a trade for a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins uh, or bring in Odell Beckham or Jacoby Myers or Dalton Schultz, whoever. I need to acquire more talent for Daniel Jones during free agency to see if he is the real deal because the way the contract is structured, it's really a two-year deal with an out on the third-year deal. So I have to I have these next two years to make sure, you know, if Daniel Jones is the guy. And what I'm not – but I don't acquire from a free agency or trade standpoint, from a veteran standpoint, right? I'm going to acquire the opposite in the draft. So if I get a receiver from a free agency or uh, if I get a receiver or if I get a tight, you know, if I get a receiver in free agency or I trade for a wide receiver, I'm drafting a tight end round one and then vice versa. If I, if I'm, if I'm getting a tight end like a Dalton Schultz and, you know, free agency, I'm drafting a wide receiver in round one. 
to add more playmakers to this um, to the squad. Next, I got to show up the middle of this defense. It's been atrocious. Our linebacker play. We have a great front, you know, front uh, in the trenches, front uh, four there. But we need to sign an inside linebacker, and there's a plenty of options when it comes to uh, uh, free agency. Uh, we have Drew Tranquil from the Chargers. We can sign Eric Kendricks. Just came on the market. Zach Cunningham uh, from, um, <clears throat> I believe, is the Titans, and then Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills. One of these guys we would be able to afford uh, to bring in to really bolster the middle of this defense. And last but not least. It's imperative, absolutely imperative to re-sign Dexter Lawrence. Last year was his coming out year, right? Uh, he really was a disruptive force in the middle of our defense. I think you're going to see more maturity, more growth from him, and, and uh, uh, his play is starting to evolve. He's a fantastic player. Um, love his attitude. He makes everyone around him better. I'm a firm believer that interior pressure – He'd be more uh, catastrophic than pressure on the edges, and that's exactly what he does. He can stuff the run. He can get in the quarterback's face up the middle. But that, or my, those are my game plans for this offseason. I what I need to accomplish with that forty-six million dollars in cap. All right, you got it done in under the the five minutes. So. I'll stop. I'll, I'll, we, we, I'll, we, we talk quick out here in Jersey. You know, we, we fly through. No BS. I, I agree with so much of it. I know, like, from the outside perspective, like, you see Daniel Jones's contract or his reported contract and what it's worth. And, you know, like, $10 million plus is a lot to spend on a, on a running back. But I think your statement is spot on accurate of we are not in the business of subtracting talent. We need to add talent to this team. Um, and those two individuals are a huge portion and, you know, contributors to your success last year. And you want to build off that. We can get into whether Daniel Jones is worth $40 million a year or not, but you know, he's not, he's, he's not. Yeah. But this happens when teams have money to spend, they'll be a little bit more liberal with that money. And they're um, a little desperate too. It's a perfect combination 100%. of having, you know, that cap, that cap space and desperation. What, what's the option, right? Like, what are what are the other options? Right? Like, there's him, no better option, to be honest with you. You could have tagged them. Could have tagged them, um, but then you're just you know play devil's advocate. Then the contract goes to Saquon, and I'd rather honestly, as a as a as a business, I'd rather sink my money into the quarterback position than I would into the running back position. Um, and I feel like with quarterbacks, let's just say Daniel Jones ascends again, right? Then it looks like a you know three quarterback signatures later next year, you know, he's not even in the top five, top 10 paid. Right. And he continues to grow. And the one thing about quarterback contracts is you're always in a position to renegotiate, renegotiate, renegotiate. To me, the, the skill positions, the running back, the wide receivers, their contracts get a little bit more complicated, you know, where you, cause it's a, it's a shorter window. Right. And they're, they're not earning that massive amount of money where like with a quarterback, you could just be like, Hey, we're just going to convert everything to a signing bonus this year. And $30 million comes off the books, right? Like, yeah. and you'll do that for your quarterback. You're not going to do that for a, a, you know, a running back that's inching closer to the 30 mark. Not that Saquon is right, but like yeah. he will be in short order. Yeah, li um, uh, listeners need to listen to what Weston just said right now. I think that's going to be a theme you're going to be hearing from a lot of our coverage of these teams coming up. So yes, teams are more willing to restructure, a quarterback because of the longevity they do have usually. 
And if they find their guy, it makes it that much more easier. You're willing to invest and kick the road down, kick the cash down the road with, with a quarterback because of the, like I said, their career length. And especially if you got one, so you don't mind doing that other positions. Sometimes the fall off is quite quick and it's hard to time those. So I think that's a very good point, Weston. Thank you. I don't make many of them. All right. So I guess that leaves me up. I'm going to go with the, who I still want to call the Washington football team. Cause I actually am obsessed with that name, but I'm going to, yeah, go I want to call, I, I want to call him the other name, but you know, I know, not, I know, I'm not know. trying to get canceled here. No, I just, I, I honestly, like I just kind of dug the Washington football team. Like it just reminded me of like, when you don't recreate your team name and you join a Yahoo fantasy league and it's like blues <laughs> glorious team. Right? Like, <laughs> I just kind of like that. It, 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 you know, jives with me. So I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders. Let me go ahead and start this bad boy. So 15.5 million in cap space. They were 8-8-1 last year. And for a good portion of the season, there was a lot of chatter and talk about how could there really be four NFC East teams in the playoffs? Because they were in the hunt. They were absolutely in the hunt. And honestly, I just feel like the East – feels like a slippery slope, right? Like, are you going to get the same unexpected production that you got from a not super talented team like the New York Giants, right? They, they performed way above expectation. Dallas Cowboys, we're going to talk about all these teams. We're going to talk about the, the Eagles in a moment here too. But like, do the Eagles go 14 and three again? I'm going to talk about that, right? Like, you never know what you're getting with the Cowboys. Like, this division is still winnable by any one of these teams. Here's where I sit. As the general manager of the Washington Commanders, you have to address the quarterback situation. Wentz, gone. Heineke, free agent. That leaves you with Sam Howell and Jake Fromm as your roster quarterbacks. When I look at this roster, pretty talented on defense, um, some young special players on offense at, at the skill position, I just don't think you can let that sit, right? Like, uh, you just the, – the, it'll the season's going to get away from you too fast. So, candidly – why are you why are we not hearing their name more about like let's talk of let's kick tires on Lamar, let's kick tires on Aaron Rodgers? Like, we're not an undesirable place. We might have an undesirable owner. That's for another day in time as well. But like we're a good football team, right? And and a lot of people like Ron Rivera. You know, now you got Eric Bienemy in-house calling plays, right? Like that that's an attractive piece in, in, in my opinion. I just feel like if we're not here, if if you're not hearing me talk about Lamar or Aaron Rodgers as a prior a prioritization for this team, I'm not doing my job. That's just the way that I, I look at it. So I think that's where it's at, right? Like when you look around, McLaurin, Dotson, Robinson as a rookie played great, coming off a gunshot wound. Gibson looked even better in like a secondary role, right? Like he just um, kind of had that, that new wrinkle for him where he wasn't an every down guy. A guy went from wide receiver to running back like in the NFL. So um, – I just got to feel pretty good and confident in my skill positions. Another priority for me is around two players. One of them's a restructure. So I, I have to restructure Jonathan Allen sitting there with a $21 million cap, especially since I just franchised Deron Payne. So if he plays off of that and he's sitting at 18, 19 million guaranteed, you know, I can't have 40 million tied up between my two defensive tackles when the edge rushers are going to need to get paid as well shortly. And then for me, I need a post one June cut for Curtis Samuel. 10.6 million in savings. Uh, the production just does not match the contract, in my opinion. 
And is, as it sits right now, if nothing's done, he would carry the third highest cap number on this team. That's just not justifiable. Defensively, where I think where we can get better, um, especially with like Bobby McCain departure, I'm not looking to bring Bobby McCain back, but I'm looking for safety talent and we have cap, right? So if like Lamar and Aaron aren't in play and we don't have to get crazy, you know, I'm looking at Jesse Bates. I'm looking at Jimmy Ward. I'm looking at Jordan Poyer. I'm looking at some top tier safety talent that can come in right next to Cameron Curl and kind of bo- boast, uh, bolster that, that defensive uh, backfield. Aside from the quarterback, here's the number one priority for this offense and for this team. I am pushing everything I have at Dalton Schultz and that name specifically at tight end. Great production last year. Um, I, I think he's 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 still ascending as a player. And the most important part is, boy, would I love to steal him away from a divisional opponent. Um, you know, take away talent and add talent. That That's the name of the game. So outside of the quarterback, Um, position being the number one priority. And I don't know if they have the answers. I don't think Lamar or Aaron comes to me, you know, so it might be like, Hey, Taylor Heineke, please come back. Right. Um, That's just the way it might look. And then you, you give Sam Howell some time, but Dalton Schultz by name, not just position specific player is a huge priority for me. If I'm sitting in, in the GM seat for the Washington commanders. And that's all she wrote. As much as it's hard probably to try to get these done in five minutes with these five-minute timers, right? We're doing it's also, it. ha- it's also hard not to <laughs> chime in. Uh, yeah. Because here you are, you're talking. You're like, get rid- you have cap – like, you're like, oh, the Washington football team has cap space. And then you're like, get rid of Curtis Samuel. I'm like, then if you get rid of Curtis Samuel, I get that why you want to get rid of him. But, like, they have no other talent. Like, you're, you're, you're stripping away their talent, right? I, I don't then, consider him I, to be the talent possession that he – was the way he was coveted when they brought did, him in. He did flash last year a couple, you know, no towards games. the end. Yeah. But then you backed it up. So I had, had I'm a very impatient person. Then you backed it up and, and saved you. You totally redeemed yourself <laughs> when you said bringing in Dalton Schultz. And wh- let me tell you why that's a fantastic move. Uh, because it probably be similar in pay, if not, uh, you know, to Curtis Samuel. But what's the best thing for a young quarterback, that safety blanket, that tight end, and stealing from a division rival is is, is huge. He's a complete player. Uh, I do, you know, I do, I do love. I had to wait for the whole plan, and I'm like, hey, you can't get rid of Samuel, man. I'm like, just because you just need something else right now, you can't be taking things away from, you know, uh, Howell. Let me also talk to you about Howell too. If Howell came out a year prior than when he did, he'd be a first-round pick. He lost a lot of talent on that North Carolina team. And Ron Rivera feels this way. He said this during the combine as well. He made a good point. He stayed, you know, and he went back to school for another year, lost a lot of talent, and still play admirably. I'd like to see him when he fully looks like. You know, he does he does definitely gives him that Baker Mayfield vibe because he's similar in stature, has a strong arm, you know, and is mobile, not like He's not going to – he's mobile in the pocket, uh, and he can run too. But uh, So I'm interested to in what he can he can bring to this offense, especially with a legit offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. I, I'll say this. And, 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 you know, we don't – we can foreshadow what the quarterback class looks like next year, you know, free agents and, you know, the draft as well. But 
I, I just can't help but feel the division is still there for the team. Like, don't be wrong, right? Like, don't roll on saying this team's going as far as the, as the quarterback can carry them. That's it. Like, there's no two ways around it. So they have to have some competency under center. And as much as I might like Sam Howell, you can't treat this team like you just picked number one overall with low expectations. Yeah. I just I have higher expectations for the team. Yeah. Dude, I picked them to win the division last year. Like that's we they have talent on both sides of the football, you know, and they're well coached. They're well coached and they're gonna get better coached with the enemy. Yeah. All right. So knowing that I have the Eagles, that leaves you with the Cowboys, sir. Yes, so it does. I am Lou, you are on the clock. I'm not going to attempt to do like a southern accent because that just it would just be cringeworthy. So I am uh, the general manager. I'm one of the Jones boys for the Dallas Cowboys, and I come in this offseason realizing I'm $16 million over the cap. Uh, so the first thing I got to do when I set my left foot into that door is I need to get some cap relief. So I have three things to in order to do so. First, either I have to extend or restructure Dak's contract to lessen that $49 million cap number. A restructure of Dak, because I still believe in him, right? That's going to free up $21 million. So right over the bat, right on that restructure alone, I'm $5 million over the cap, right? But I still need to, you know, sign free agents. I need to re-sign my impending free agents. I might want to go acquire other uh, uh, free agents or players via trade. So I also have to make some additional moves. I think we have to start changing the guard. The players that you, a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans have been enamored of and been enamored with over the years, they've been staple to this team. You know, it's time for them to go to greater pastures. I'm talking about you got to cut Tyrone Smith post June 1st. That's going to save $13.6 million. It's only going to uh, give me a $4 million ca- uh, dead caps uh, hit right there. Now, and sorry, I also got to cut Zeke post June 1st. That saves another $10.9 million. I'm not even interested in him coming back for a lesser number because last year he was just relegated to. You know, within the five to ten yard, you know, line duties like the red zone duties. There, he just was a touchdown, and you can find those anywhere. Those type of running backs, and this is Pollard's team right now. Now, here comes the issue. Well, before I get ahead of myself, if I do those three moves: restructure Dak, cut Tyron Smith, and cut Zeke, my my moves it gives me thirty million dollars in cap space, just like that, and that's a minimal amount of moves to get rid of the dead weight that's on the team, the aging dead weight. But like I said, Pollard, this is Pollard's team. So he's coming off an injury, right? So I'm not an idiot. I need to get a running back. And there's only one way to get a running back nowadays. It's in the draft. And I need to get a physical running back. I'm not going to look anywhere else other than within state at the University of Texas. No, I'm not going to waste a first-round pick. On the famous Bijan Robinson, because that is d- disastrous. You don't draft running backs in the first round, right? It didn't work for me last time. It's not going to work for me this time. I'm talking about his backup, Rashawn Johnson out of Texas. He's that big. He can give you that big backfield that Zeke, uh, you know, will leave behind after I send uh, send him his walking papers. So I'm I'm drafting him, you know, in, the, in the day two, maybe day three, you know, with my draft picks, and then. <clears throat> The one guy I really do want to bring back 
I want to re-sign Donovan Wilson. He was an extremely valuable uh, piece in that back end of the secondary. He was an enforcer that was good at stopping the run. He got pressures uh, against the quarterback with five sacks. He just was a tone setter. Uh, Watching him play, you know, the Niners – you know, you know, in that playoff game, he, he he was he was hitting he was hitting hard, man, and I was really impressed, you know, by his play. Got to bring him back, and being that I did free up some money, I need to give I need to make another I need to get the Cowboy fans back on my side and back on the size team, back on the side of this team, right? They are frustrated with our failures in the playoffs. I need I usually don't do this. This is something I've done in the past, right? But I need to make a splash play for either uh, DeAndre Hopkins to give to 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 have people stop bringing Amari Cooper's name up every time when we're talking about Dak not having another playmaker, or hell shit, make a strength stronger, trade for Jalen Ramsey, right? I just need something to give energy to this team and the, the fan base have confidence. Hey, we are really going in it, going for it this year, uh, because we are as frustrated as them. So those are the moves I, I, I make. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to hit a home run. You know, I'm, I'm not, no longer singles or doubles. I'm trying to hit a home run here in Dallas. Yeah, um, I, I think you. That's the most important point. Is your last point? Um, is if I'm the general managers, I need to. I need the fans to fall back in love with this team. They're tired of the narrative of just we have faith in who we got. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Uh, we, by sorry. the way, we, we, no, we had to pick a, an alarm, like a sound that's obnoxious as, as ourselves. And we, yes. we both agreed to that sound. We went through 14 different sounds to find that one just for, for full transparency. But I think, Lou, that's your home run point and that's your <laughs> point of the evening is that is got to get you back, got to feel like we're we're pushing forward, right? Like, and, and sometimes it's I need a big name. I need a name that the whole league knows, that my fans know and clamor for. Like, Jerry, show me. Show me that you're doing something for this team. It used to um, be like that back in the day with the Roy Williams or the, or the Ishmael, yeah, you know, like all, they used to be like that and didn't work yeah. out, but you, you got, you got to show that you, you, you need to take advantage of this weak NFC. Weak NFC, tough division. What's going to put you over the top. Otherwise it's just status quo. Like, Good enough to make the playoffs, maybe good enough to win the division, and then ultimately that's <laughs> that's where it is. Um, I just don't see a the, the the true difference maker on the offensive side of the ball. Like CD Lamb is a hell of a player. Tony Pollard is super explosive, but like who sets them over the top? Like on the defensive end, like we know you got Trayvon, we know you got Micah Parsons. Like these are these are very talented individuals and tend to make game-changing plays match that veracity on offense as well. Yeah. That's what I said. You know, they've been, you know, pseudo linked to DeAndre Hopkins. Shalen Ramsey might be a little too expensive with the Rams are trying to obtain for him. But Hopkins, a second rounder, which is really a late second rounder, which is really third round talent, might be yeah. just enough to, uh, you know, make Jerry, uh, you know, think twice, you know, making that trade. 
Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I think he'd be a natural fit too. Um, but you know, we're gonna say DeAndre Hopkins name linked to to a lot. Um, especially because it's a it's it's not truly free agent. It's it's trading for, mm-hmm. for that individual, but it's not gonna Arizona's in the middle of like imploding everything. So you could probably have them for less than you might even expect. Um, awesome. So I am up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me get to my stuff here. Let me start the timer on myself. So we all know about the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they finished 14 and three coming off of a Super Bowl appearance. They have 3.8 million in cap space. Uh, we're in a little bit of trouble, as you know, from the GM's perspective. We have a lot of big name talent um, that sits in free agency right now with not a lot of cap and not a lot of maneuverability in terms of like contracts that we can totally go out there and, and restructure. Like, I'm going to call this out. So, what I am the first thing I'm doing is I'm identifying the handful of players of my own that I need to bring back because you can't bring them back all, but you do want to, I do want to return a core of this team to keep me highly competitive and ensure that I'm in the same slate. Like, so for instance, just on the defensive side alone, you have seven defensive starters who played at least 60% of the snaps last year as free agents, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Kazir White, Epps, TJ Edwards, CJ, CGJ, James Bradbury, right? Like that's just on the defensive side of the ball. Um, There's some things that we need to look in uh, on the offensive side as well. So for me, defensively, I'm prioritizing at least one player from each level of the defense that I need to bring back. Starting from the defensive line, I'm prioritizing Fletcher Cox. Hargrave might be a little bit younger, but I just like the mentor and the leadership that that Fletcher Cox brings, and he can still play this game. I want to bring back um, TJ Edwards, Balled out last year. I'd I'd love to see if he can um, repeat that as well. Contract's probably going to be high just based off of performance last year and how far our team went. Believe it or not, I'm bringing back Epps. I think I can bring back Epps cheaper than I can bring back CGJ. Um, And and he was just ultra consistent. Actually, he played like 96% of the defensive snaps last year. So kind of a little bit of an unsung hero outside of like James Bradbury and, and big play slay. Uh, but I do think corners are hit or miss, right? Like they have an all-world year one year, and then the next year they're just they're toast all year long. It's just the nature of being out on that island. It's it's tough. Um, so I think I'm looking and I'm prior to prioritizing the safety position. The other piece here is important when I get to the offensive line is the free agency slash retirement of one Jason Kelsey, who was widely advertised going into the Super Bowl, playing against his brother, um, Travis, especially on this offense. The center is the quarterback of the offensive line. They're While they're going to look, I'm going to look for depth in the draft because there's not, in my opinion, there's not a ton of studly centers out there in free agency. I'm looking at McGovern. You know, as somebody that I think is going to be a very popular name that that is seasoned, has experience, can mentor the depth. I do believe that my future center is going to be found in the latter rounds of this draft. Kind of a, a unexpected guy that just comes onto the scene like most of these superstars actually do from time to time again. But I need to get that right. And I need con- I need some sort of 
continuity and some sort of chemistry between my center and my quarterback, and I need that to, to go well. Our offense goes as the running game goes, and that includes the QB. So I got to prioritize bringing back Miles Sanders. Still only 26, played all 17 games last year, ran for 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. And the way that we run, he doesn't take a beating, right? Like he's not 30 carries a game, um, you know, but between him, Scott, like, yeah, I know, I know what's remaining on the roster, but do I really have faith in Trey Sermon? you know, to, to come in and duplicate the production that I've seen from Miles Sanders. No. And I think I've seen enough to know that, you know, Miles is a good player and, and we want him here in Philly. And then ultimately my, my true strategy here is I got to hang back and wait for both bolstering my defensive line and my offensive line. I got to see what what second and third wave vets might remain that are more interested in playing for a championship in the twilight years of their career that I can sign that are still competent and can still play this game. Like some names that come to mind for me on like the defensive side of the ball, like maybe a Patrick Peterson to go into that secondary opposite Slay. Maybe I'm taking a flyer on an Emmanuel Mosley coming off a torn ACL on a, another you know prove it type deal going back to the um, defensive line, like does Jadavion Clowney want to come play and help put some pressure on the quarterback um, and, and compete for a Super Bowl? I don't know, but that's going to be the ultimate focus is like, we are not in a position. <laughs> Damn it. I am not in a position essentially to go sign big name free agents. It's going to be about retaining as much of our talent as I possibly can producing in the draft and then ultimately hey what vets want to come and get another crack at this thing that is the most obnoxious fucking it's i'm not sure if you ever had like that rubber chicken back in the day right <laughs> when you squeeze it it's on, it's on levels with that uh, a couple of things jason kelsey uh if he doesn't come back that's a tremendous blow but they do have a contingency plan behind him they've been grooming cam jergens out of nebraska he, you know he's a young offensive lineman and I think that's someone that, you know, you know, it's a, he's another year in the system and has been groomed by Kelsey. Like, he, Kelsey's been his mentor. I think that will help soften the blow, right? Uh, as for Miles Sander, I totally disagree with you on that. Um, Miles Sanders, I always felt like always – when I watched him play with the Eagles, I always wanted more from him. I never felt like, well, this is the guy type of thing. And I think some of their needs – they are, they are in a lot of trouble because they do have a lot of starters that are going to price themselves out of Philly. But they also have two first-round draft picks this year. Why, why not address within the top 10 a cornerback, right? Cornerback position, right? Um, you're probably thinking maybe Christian Gonzalez at Oregon or Witherspoon, um, I think it was at Illinois. Um, and then the back end, why not Gibbs from Alabama, the running back? He's explosive. He's fast. He's a little reminds me a little bit of Jamal Charles esque, right? I know we're not supposed to be talking about draft and what have you, but like these are the things that if I'm if I'm the GM of the Eagles, I would have in the back of my head that hey, I got two first round picks to get two starters. Now, I know I stated before with the Cowboys, you don't draft a running back in the first round, but they need to draft. The Eagles need to replenish starters. All right, so. 
one star would be a running back for them. They're in a different position than the Cowboys. So one would be the running back and the other would be the cornerback. I think that would be a good way. Or there are going to be some good cornerbacks towards the back end of that first round as well, so they can do that. Love the fact that Jadavid on Clowney. That guy is just – he's destined to, you know, sign one-year deals that are cheap. Uh, he, I think he's going to be like your Indomitian Sioux type of career. He's going to go to, you know, contenders, you know, trying to get a couple of million each year uh, just to see if he can chase that ring. Um, so I do love the fact that you add in talent there. And, yeah, Fletcher Cox is probably more realistic than Hargraves because Fletcher Cox is older and probably cheaper than Hargraves. So that's what uh, that does definitely make sense as well. But, yeah, the Eagles, uh, they went, you got to admire that they went all, went all in for it. And they came, they came just a little short because if they're coming off a Super Bowl win, you're a little – it buys you some more time as a GM to like, okay, maybe we don't have to reload as quick. Maybe we can take a step back, you know, you know, build, you know, uh, retool for the next in the next year or two for another run. But the fact that you didn't hit your ultimate goal, maybe that makes you a little more antsy. I don't know. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing I need to do as a GM is avoid the Super Bowl hangover. Um, I know we haven't seen it um, because, well, we kind of in some capacity. I mean, Cincinnati uh, obviously made a, a valiant effort there and saw themselves in the championship game after losing the Super Bowl, but we also saw the Super Bowl champion uh, fail to make the playoffs, right? So it was kind of the the inverse there, but it's been a reality, and the reality is is when you have a really good team that's touted as a really good roster, people are going to leave. People are going to go get their back. People are going to go get their due. The The window is very short in the NFL. And the only reason why you, you took my words, Lou, we're not talking about the draft. We're talking about free agency. So I'm plotting the moves, um, you know, around I'm always there. talking about the draft. Wes. I know, I know. I, I, Googled, I Googled 2024 NFL mock draft uh, the other day. <laughs> Dude, but- I can't. I can't even talk about the the draft until we get into the third round compensatory picks of the NFL draft. That's where my world sits. There's one thing that you did fail to mention. What about get hurts under long term contracts? Doesn't have to happen right now. Okay. I. He's in his final year. No. Yeah, he's not a first round pick. Oh, that's right. He's a second round pick, so he's going into his fourth year. So I did overlook that then. I don't know why in the back of my mind I just assumed a top-tier quarterback had the fifth year. But you're right. He was the early second-round pick. Um, if I'm covering my ass right now since I did neglect it, I think my cover statement is more about <laughs> I also need to see more about how this quarterback market shapes out. <laughs> you don't want to be the last of the table on this one, though. You don't, but apparently you don't want to be the first either. <laughs> like, it's yeah. been brutal. All right, Lou, that wraps us up for the the NFC East. We'll be back in short order with the AFC East. Let everybody know where they can find us. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at WTF Pod NFL. Bless them. Hit them up with the YouTube. On YouTube at We're Talking Football Podcast, W-E apostrophe R-E, Talking Football Podcast. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, leave the comments, leave the suggestions. We take them into account. You might be responsible for crafting a future show. So we look forward to it. Um, And again, we'll be back with the, the AFC East in short order.